discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Father, we are grateful, we are thankful. It's us once again. And we just want to say thank you. We worship you, we, we praise you and adore you for your goodness, for who you are, for your care, your love, your goodness. Yes. Thank you for making us the object of your love. Thank you for showering your love on us consistently and continuously. We are grateful and we are thankful, even in Jesus' name. And Father, we receive your word with meekness, with gladness with joy, with excitement, knowing it that it is our means of change and our means of glory and our means of changing levels. Thank you that our levels are changed this morning to higher levels of wisdom and grace. Thank you that we step out of this place increased, updated in the spirit, changed and transfigured through your word and through your spirit. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord? It's a blessing, isn't it? Wow. So last week we started sharing, um, started answering some questions. No Do you remember? Last week, um, Sunday. And there were so many questions that we couldn't finish answering. So the Lord asked me, the Lord prompted me to, for us to continue along that same line today. Hallelujah. I think there were some that were posted online that a lot, I think about 20 or so. Yeah, so maybe we can pick one from there and then those of you who have questions uh, in here as well can, can start coming up. Okay? Is it powerful? Beautiful. So let's listen to, let's hear one of the questions which you yourself posted. You put it up. Yeah, I don't know who, but those of you who couldn't ask it in the microphone, you decided to text it. So, Let's hear what you said. Hallelujah. The question here is, how can you prove to someone that Jesus is God and the Holy Spirit as well? How can you prove to someone that Jesus, that is, Jesus God is God and the Holy Spirit as well? And that the Holy Spirit is also God. How can you prove to someone? Is it, are you proving from the scriptures or are you proving without the scriptures? Do you, do you see? Because there are some people you may meet who say, don't, I don't want you to quote anything in the Bible. I don't want you to say any. The Bible was written by people. As though the books you were reading in school was written by aliens. Everything we have came out of people. There's nothing God does on earth without people. And there's nothing Satan also does on earth without people. Human beings are the conduit by which everything divine happens here on earth human beings must request for certain things to happen for it to happen 
if our will is not aligned, there's, there, are legal, there are legalities, if you like. And one of the legalities is that if you are not a human being, you have no rights to be here. So a spirit that is of God or not of God does not have a right here unless a human being gives that spirit a right to be here. Do you see? For instance, did you check to see if the chair you are sitting on is strong enough to carry your weight before you sat on it? You don't think, you just sat. Why? You believe in the, the work of the manufacturer. You don't, you've never met the manufacturer before. You don't know. I mean, sitting on an airplane, you just, you don't know the air pilot. You don't know whether he's thinking of dying that day with you. You don't know. But you just trust the person. Sit in the plane comfortably. And they'll tell you, sit down and enjoy the flight. And sometimes the flights are not enjoyable at all. Last two weeks, I had a wild flight that almost crashed. Yeah, very wild. So it's not a small thing at all. Do you see? So um, there are those who say, oh, I don't want you to use the Bible to prove that Jesus is God or any of those things. So you can start from history because there are things that are documented by various historians, different groups um, that have existed over the period. And one of them is the other Egyptians. Egypt is one of the oldest um, civilizations in the world, one of the oldest. Okay? Now, if you read the Bible, you will see in, uh, in Exodus how God said that he was intentionally going to work some works in Egypt so that everybody will know, the whole world will know who he is. Uh, so Egypt is one of the places where you can trace the existence of God. Okay? And Egypt had, by the way, Egypt had a lot of gods, plenty. Uh-huh. That couldn't do what this almighty God did. You see, initially God would turn water into blood and they would also turn water into blood. God told Moses to put his, his rod down for it to become a snake. It became a, they also put their rods down and became snakes. So it was like a competition. Then God decided that let's go higher. I'm going to call hail down. Yes. Darkness in Egypt, light in Goshen. Do you see? Yes, this is it. It says, and in very deed, for this cause have I raised thee up. For to show in thee my power. This is concerning Pharaoh. And that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. Do you see? He says, I want everybody to know who I am. So I'm going to work many wild wonders and miracles in this your land. So that everybody can trace these things to me. Okay? Uh-huh. So from verse 13. Let's read from verse 13. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For I will at this time send all my plagues upon thine heart, and upon thy servants, and upon thy people, that thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. Have you seen it? Next verse. For now I will stretch out my hand, that I may smite thee and thy people with pestilence, and thou shalt be cut off from the earth. Next verse. And in very deed for this cause have I raised thee up for to show in thee my power and that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. Okay? Now, all, so all the things that happened in Egypt are documented by Egyptians in their history. All the ten plagues. 
lies, that's becoming lies. They documented it themselves. And they documented who caused those things to happen. They mentioned a man called Moses and his God, the God of the Israelites. Yes, you can check. They mentioned the God of the Israelites. Okay? So without the Bible, you don't need these verses. Without the Bible, you can let them know. We can check history. Let's check history. There was someone, a God that showed himself with many wonders that nobody has done before. Someone who commands the elements, makes things happen, frogs coming, lies coming, birds coming, and then capping it up with all, the firstborn of all. Firstborn of what? All. Dying in, the, in one night. Firstborn of all. Even if you are, you are a, 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 a mercenary and you are killing people, you can't identify the firstborn of the people in the, in the place or the firstborn of the cows. How can you identify the firstborn of the cows and the firstborns of the sheep and the firstborns of the chicken? All firstborns in one night because an angel came to town at the command of a certain God who came to come and annihilate all of those people. Isaiah. They know it's, it's part of their history. And the ultimate of it was when the army of, of Egypt drowned in the Red Sea. The whole army. By the time God was done with Egypt, their financial structure was gone. Their social structure was gone. Their military structure was gone. Everything concerning them was gone. They couldn't recover. Yeah, they couldn't recover. God told the Egyptians that this Egyptians that you see, you shall see no more. The next time it is mentioned was after about a thousand years in the life of, of Israel. It's very, took a very long time for them to recover themselves once again. Do you see? Uh-huh. So history says some of the things that I'm saying and shows it. Now, this Moses said that a prophet like unto me shall the Lord raise. He said it to the Israelites. That a prophet, there's someone that will, be, will come who is like unto me. Then he says, him shall ye hear. He's the one you shall hear. Eh? Deuteronomy 18, 15. This is Moses saying this. Oh, this is the great Moses. When the Israelites are not my name, he said this. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from, um, from the midst of thee. So the person is going to come from, from the midst of the people of Israel. Then it says, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him, unto this particular person, shall him, unto him ye shall hearken. So Moses spoke of someone who was going to come. Okay? And not only Moses, but other prophets. Now, always remember that there were some wise men who came from the east when Jesus was born to come and pay their respects to him. Showing you that the east, those of the, the, when we say the people of the east, we are talking about China, Japan, Korea, and the ancient Mongols, all those people. Okay? Every, almost every history of man speaks of someone who will be born somewhere okay it's all over they came from the east to come and come and see herod concerning the king of the jews through whom salvation shall come and they mentioned how that they had seen a star these guys were not christians or they were not part of the jews they were from another place okay Another thing you can also use to describe the, how Jesus is the Son of God and how Jesus is God 
is what God also said. I mean, if some people don't believe that um, Adam partook of a fruit, fell, and all of that. But what God said in the midst of all, all of that was that there, there's going to be the seed of the woman, not the seed of the man. A woman does not have seed. A woman has eggs. A man has seed. That's sperm. Do you see? But God said that the seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent. Do you see? Now, that gave Satan an idea concerning a virgin or a woman giving birth without the agency of a man. So he decided to also adulterate that particular thing that God was going to do. So if you read in history, you will see many different people who gave birth to people who were not, it's like, no, without the agency of a man, of a human being. <laughs> You'll be shocked. Hmm? Check it. I don't know if you are interested in some of these things. If you check, you will see. You will see many, 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 many things. Like someone gave birth without the agency of a man or other agency of something. You see, even the giants is actually is, is a reflection of what uh, Satan was trying to do to corrupt the bloodline. So Noah was, Noah was righteous, not in deed, but righteous in blood. He had not, his blood was not mixed up with the blood of the giants. All those who were there at that time had their blood mixed with the giants, apart from Noah and his family. So God cleared everybody and left Noah and his family. Do you see? Huh. So these are all various um, things that you can, lines that you can. Okay, so if you should go along the line of Moses and what happened in Egypt and all of that, you can talk about how the, the people of the East came to come and check who had been given birth to because of the history of the people of the East speaking concerning someone, a virgin birth, someone who's going to be born and is going to be the savior, is going to have this and all of, all of that. And then you can go into the fact that Herod confirmed uh, because Herod called uh, those who were around him. You can check it in Matthew. He called all the the priests who were around him to confirm and find out what time and where that virgin, that child would be born. Okay, And when he found out, he decided to kill all those who were born two years. And, and this is also history. Matthew chapter 2. Verse 4, it says, and when, he, and when Herod had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. So the, the people of the East, the wise people of the East came to come and say that the Savior had been born. And Herod confirmed where he would be, bo he would be born. And he said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. Next verse. And thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. And then he sent for all the children who were born around the time that um, the wise men came, okay, below, two years and below, for all of them to be killed. And he killed all the male, born, male borns. This is something that actually happened in history. And the Bible talks about it by identifying the time in which Jesus was born. He talks about how that, if you read in Luke, he says that they were checking, the, they were doing population census. They were doing census at that time. 
they said everybody should go to their various places to be baptized and to be to be checked. He mentions the people who were in government at that time. Eh? Luke chapter two, verse two. Let's let's read from verse one. So that it says, and it came to pass in those days that there were there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus. So you can go and check who Caesar Augustus is in history. Eh? And all the world that all the world should be taxed at that time they were. They were the world power. And they said everybody should be taxed. This particular guy, Caesar Augustus, is actually in history. You can go and check Caesar Augustus. Who is he? What time did he say this? You can check. Next verse. Verse 2. And, the, and this taxing was first made with Cyrenius. Uh, made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. So you can check Cyrenius, governor of Syria. You'll be shocked that you'll see their names. Next verse. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up to Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Do you see? Then it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. So what I'm saying is that, even without quoting these verses for someone, you can check Caesar Augustus, you can check Herod, what Herod did, why Herod did what he did. Herod did what he did because of what he had had. Now, Herod is not the name of a person. Herod is a title. Herod is like saying... What? President Otunfo. Uh, Otunfo is not, it's a title. You get it? It's like uh, Abimelech. Abimelech is not a name. Abimelech is a title. Because the Abimelech Abraham, his father, met, it's not the same Abimelech that Isaac, his son, met. It's a title. It's like Pharaoh. <laughs> Abimelech, Pharaoh, Herod. Uh-huh. You see different, different titles. They are all titles. Okay? Hey. Caesar is also a title. Caesar was a name of a person and then he became a title. And then you can check who was born at that time. You see, God did not leave himself without testimony. There were some shepherds who were, who were exposed to the birth of Jesus. The people of the East were exposed to the birth of Jesus. Simon... Uh, Simeon the prophet, Anna the prophetess, all these people who were, who were accredited as holy men by the people of their day spoke concerning this child that was born. Okay? And if the person is still talking plenty, then we can talk about John the Baptist also, whom everybody considered a prophet and what he also said concerning someone who was going to come after him. To confirm all that had been said about Jesus' birth and all of those things. Okay, these are real people that actually existed and said things. Holy men who said things and they came to. Now, when Jesus also came, the things he did are not things that any human being can do. Someone did not have eyeballs. I don't know if your father has done some before. <laughs> Creating eyeballs and putting it in. Uh, you see, the one whose eyes was open said that since the world began, never has the one whose eyes was open though. The one in John chapter nine, the one whose eyes were the one who was blind. He didn't have eyes. There was no eyeballs. Nothing. He was born with it. Okay, and Jesus gave him eyes and opened his eyes, and he said to the Pharisees and the rulers of the synagogue that since the world began, we have never heard. Eh. This guy was blind from birth. John chapter 9 verse 1. He was blind from birth. From verse what? Yes. So let's read that one. Verse what? 30. Verse 30. 
They were asking questions because they were wondering how they asked him, "What did you say he did to you?" They asked, "What did he? What did you act? What did he say he did to you?" Eh? The man answered and said unto them, "Why? Hearing is a marvelous thing that you know not from whence he is, and yet he has opened my eyes." Verse thirty-one. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshipper of God and doeth His will, him he heareth. We know. Next verse. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? Yes. And if this man were not of God, he could do nothing. Since the world began, nobody has been able to create eye sockets. I see it. Who is the one who created the eyes? It's the, it's the Lord. And he's the only one who has spare parts. It's only the creator who has spare parts. And the creator came to come and give spare parts to people. Okay? You can also talk about Abraham. Because most religions take their root from Abraham. Especially the one of the largest in this world. The Mohammedans. Do you know the Mohammedans? You don't know the Mohammedans? The Mohammedans are the Muslims. Mohammedans. That's, how, that's the original name. The Mohammedans. The Mohammedans take their root from Abraham. Okay? Through Ishmael. Everybody knows Abraham. So you can pick it from Abraham. Abraham, who was in the land of the Chaldeans, who heard the voice of God and flowed and followed that God who gave a promise of a, of a child being born. Okay? If Abraham did not hear from God, then it means that a lot of things that has happened is not correct. Yeah. So these are some of the things you can... You can it's, it's a lot. That you, I, I don't know if what I've said, you can think about it to help you progress. You know, develop it some more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then, if you want to use scriptures, that one day you have so many things that you can use. Romans 1, 4. Let's read 3 to 4, so we understand it. It says, concerning the Son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, verse 4, and declared to be, Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So the resurrection from the dead is a confirmation that eh, Jesus is the Son of God and is God because the Son of God is God. It's like saying, the, 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 the son of Michael, okay, no, is the son of Michael, is a human being. Not the son of Michael, is a cat. Because Michael will only give birth to someone who is after his image and after his likeness, isn't it? Uh-huh. So God also, um, the son of God is God. Why? Because he bears the same genes as God. Please, you understand? Some people say, oh, Jesus never said that he was, he was God. Jesus never said that he is God. You know? Some people say that. But he always said the son, he's the son of God. He's the son of God. He's the son of God. Why? Because he's the, in scriptural terms, saying the son of God means that you are God. And the Jews understand it. So in John chapter 10, John 10, 30, when Jesus said, I and my father are one. What did the Jews do? Next verse, verse 31. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus said, I am my father one. And the Jews took up stones to stone him. Why were they going to stone him? Next verse, verse 32. 
Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? Next verse. The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou being a man makest thyself God. Why, why did they say he was making himself God? Next verse. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said ye are gods? If you call them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent you to the world, that thou, thou blasphemest because I said I am the Son of God. So Jesus always said, I am the Son of God. And they all knew what saying I am the Son of God meant. And they said, You being a man, make yourself God. Because saying you are the Son of God is actually saying that you are God. Do you understand? Mm. Also, Jesus was asking his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, Who do men say that I am? He said, Some say you are Elijah, some say you are one of the prophets that is to come, some say you are this, some say you are that. Then he asked them, But who do you say that I am? That I, the Son of Man, am. Eh? Then Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Christ. Okay, and then Jesus said, Simon Peter, flesh, Simon Bajona, flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. You know, and he told them not to say it to any man. Not to say it to anybody. Because saying it to people will bring, he would have, they would have killed him earlier. Please, you understand? They would have killed him way earlier than his time. In fact, they tried to kill him at different times, but it didn't work. Okay, so saying the Son of God is saying you are God. Hallelujah. Does it make sense to you? Have I showed you enough scriptures to show? Uh-huh. Now, in Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter 9, verse um, 6, verse 6, he says, For unto us a child is born, this is the great prophet Isaiah, saying, saying something concerning the birth of a child who is actually God. Okay, he says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name, this son that has been, has been given, this child that is born, his son that has been given, he says, The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be, this is going to be his name, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Is that not wonderful comma counselor? It's actually wonderful counselor. And that child's name is going to be called the mighty God. The mighty God, not small g, the mighty God. The child's name is the mighty God. Then the child's name is the everlasting father. The child is the everlasting father. And then that child is also the prince of peace. Are you seeing it? So the child that has been born by a human, human, a human being is actually the mighty God. The everlasting father, the wonderful counselor. Then in First John chapter 5, verse 20, look at First John 5, 20. It says, and we know that the son of God has come and has given us an understanding. We may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his son Jesus Christ. Then it says, this Jesus Christ is the true God. And eternal life. So Jesus is what? He is the true God and eternal life. So the son is God. And the Bible always told us from the beginning that God actually, there's, there's the plurality of God. Okay? In other words, it's not, it's not one person that makes up God. There's one God expressed in three persons. And Genesis, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible shows to us, in the beginning, God. The word God here is not singular. It's plural. It's Elohim. 
Elohim is plural for God. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Then he says, and the earth was without form and void. So he shows us that actually God is plural. Then he introduces the members that form the Godhead. All in these verses. He says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness upon the face of, of the earth. And the Spirit of God. So the first of the Godhead that is introduced to us is the Spirit of God. Okay? Moved upon the face of the waters. Next verse. And God said, not the Spirit of God, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. His word is also, the God the Father is introduced, and God the Word is also introduced. All in these verses. Spirit, Father, Word. And the Word we know became flesh, and is called the Son of God. Isn't it? John chapter 1, verse 1. Go to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God and the word was God. So the word is actually God. God's word is God. Because a man's word is not different from the man. How do we get to know you? If you don't talk, we'll, ne- we'll never know you. If I come and say, hello, how are you? Oh, how are you? What will be my conclusion? You are not a nice person. Meanwhile, maybe you're a lovely person, you're a wonderful person, but because you are not saying anything, we don't know who you are. Just imagine trying to get to know somebody who doesn't say anything or doesn't do any action because it's not words are words are also communicated in action. You, you must understand what words are. Words are more than what you've spoken. It's also pictures and movements. Communicate. It's all communication, isn't it? So those who, those who are mute use certain things to communicate. And what they, what they do are understood as words and can be put into writing. No be so. Oh, yes. So, word, the word of God is God. It says, and, God, and the word was God. You see, he was with God in the beginning. Next verse. The same was in the beginning with God because he's God. Next verse. Then he says, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. If you've noticed, he's given the word a personality. He's not saying by it. He's saying by him. All things were made by him, giving the word of God a personality. And without him was not anything made that was made. Then he says, in the word, next verse, in him, in the word was life, and the life was the light of men. Then verse 14 says that, and the word became, the word was made flesh. The word put on, the word of God put on flesh. So actually, in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, the word did not exist as a person called a, a man whose name is called Jesus. Jesus is a name that was given when the word became flesh. So there was no Jesus. There was the word. And the word was given a name Jesus when the word came into human flesh. Which means savior. Please you understand. So stop imagining Jesus as a small heaven. When God said, let there be light, Jesus was a small boy in heaven with the Father. He was just moving around. Daddy, Daddy. No, it's the the word. The one by whom all things were made. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. He's the firstborn of all. He says, who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. Okay. Then Then he says, for by him. He's talking about Jesus. He says, by him were all things created. The ASB, look at the ASB. The ASB says, for in him. Showing the place of creation. 
the lab of creation. Jesus is the lab of creation, or the word of God is the laboratory of creation, the location for creation. For in him were all things created in the heavens and upon the earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. That he says, All things were all things have been created through him. He's the means of creation, and all things were created unto him. Do you see? So in through unto it's all him. He's a, he's a location for creation. He's the means of creation. And he's the reason of creation. Please you get it. Uh-huh. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. God, who has sundry times. Eh? God, who has sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in time passed unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by Son, exactly, don't worry. Whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. You see, by, by his son, he made all, everything, which is the word. God said, Let there be light. How was God doing the creation? He was saying, He was saying, He was using his words. Do you see? So it's just the same thing that's being said in this place. He says, Has in this life spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. By him, he made all the worlds. Then he says, next verse 3, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus, or the word becoming flesh, is the expression of the Godhead in human form. Please, you understand? The Godhead, God the Spirit cannot be felt, cannot be touched, cannot, he's beyond you and me. Okay, God the Father cannot be touched, cannot be felt, cannot be. But Jesus, who is the Word of God, became a human being so that we human beings can relate, can touch, can flow, and all of that. And it's a mystery how God was able to tabernacle, put Himself into flesh. It's called the Great Incarnation. The Incarnation. It's a mystery how God became flesh. Okay, yeah. So there are many verses I can, I can show you to let you know that Jesus is truly the Son of God. Or Jesus is rather God. God. He's God. And it's not that human beings are trying to make him God. But the script, there are many. How can, um, how can 40, 40 different writers who lived in different times write about the same person and they didn't, and they didn't have any communication with each other? It's wild. I don't know if your father was born like that, like 40 different people in, living in different times over a 6,000, over a 4,000 period, writing about the same person. And then your father was born. I mean, my father, it didn't happen like that for my father. I don't know about yours. And he's able to do what? Fulfill all the things that were said about him. Peter also writes in, in 2 Peter chapter 1 concerning his own personal experience. Okay, Second Peter 1, let's read verse 19, I think. When Peter was talking about his experience, yes, and the martial word of prophets, goes to verse 17. This is it, but go to verse 16 so we understand what he's talking about. Peter was talking about his experience on the Mount of Transfiguration in these verses. He says, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables. Let's read a lighter version so we can understand. If you agree that Peter was a human being that existed and was there and did great things and all of that, then you should understand what he's also saying. 
He says, For when we give, this is BBA, for when we gave you news of the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, our teaching was not based on stories put together by art, but we were eyewitnesses of his glory. We, saw, we actually saw what his glory. Look at the next verse. For God the Father gave him honor and glory when such a voice came to him out of the great glory, saying, This is my dearly loved son, with whom I am well pleased. Now, what experience is this? He's talking about what happened in Matthew chapter 17. Okay? In Matthew chapter 17, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, went with them into a mountain. And as he was praying, all of a sudden, he changed. Eh? And he was changed, verse, verse 2, Matthew 17, 2, says, And he was changed in, the, in, in form before them, and his face was shining like the sun. All of a sudden, I don't know if your uncle's face has shine, shined like the sun since... Do you understand when someone's face is shining like the sun? The intensity of the sun. Yeah. And that was how Peter, uh, Paul also met Jesus Christ. He said he saw a bright light that shined beyond the noonday sun, like 12 o'clock sun. This, this one's face was shining beyond the intensity of that sun. Eh? He was shining in form before them, and his face was shining like the sun, and his clothing became white as light. Next verse. Verse 3. And Moses and Elijah came before their eyes talking with him. Moses and Elijah. How did Peter know it was Moses and Elijah? Because when you're in the spirit, you know things. They got to know that it was Moses and Elijah talking with him concerning his decease. So this was what Peter was explaining. He said, you see, and when you go down, you see that as they were looking, a cloud overshadowed them. And a voice came out of the cloud and said that this is my beloved son. That's verse 5. While he was still talking, a bright cloud came over them and a voice out of the cloud, a, a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved, my dearly loved son with whom I am well pleased. Give ear to him. No, if you have you've had such an experience, it's not that you are seeing, uh, you are watching a movie, it's happening live to you. You heard it. You were there. And then when the cloud left, everybody had left. Everything had calmed down. And Jesus told them, don't say this until I am gone. When I'm gone, then you can talk about it. So Peter said, Charlie, we, didn't, we are not saying stories. It's not stories. It's not hearsay. It's something we actually experience, something we got to know. Maybe you say Peter is a fisherman, so he doesn't know anything. How about Paul? God intentionally chose Paul. How about Paul, who was a lawyer, a doctor of the law? An astute man, highly learned, saying that I count all things by, by but cow poo for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I mean, such a man, I mean, just imagine someone like uh, who's a great lawyer that you know, but let's say a popular one like Chikata Chachu. There's Kojo and then there's Chachu Chachu Chikata, saying that he has seen. Something he has met somebody on the road to to, <laughs> to Damascus, and now he's following that person to the end. I mean, what will you say? That that's how it was. That's that's how, this guy called Paul had a very wild revelation of Jesus Christ as God, you know, and he preached him throughout his life until his death. So these are all some of the evidences that you can use, especially when it comes to the scriptures. As for the scriptures, there are plenty of things that you can see in there. First Timothy 3, verse 16. Clear scripture. 
very clear scripture, an explanation of what ha- actually happened. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. What's the mystery of godliness? Number one, God was manifest in the flesh. God became flesh. And God was justified in the spirit or declared not guilty in the spirit because of our sins. It's Romans chapter 4 verse 25. That's what he's saying. Okay. Then he says, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. God became flesh. God became flesh. God actually did become flesh on a certain day. Yes. Listen, the shepherds were many, and they all saw the angels singing and, and dancing and all of that for many minutes, and they were told where to go. Yeah. So I don't know about you. Don't say seeing is believing. God has showed it to some people. You should believe in the testimony of the people. Because if you believe in this chair, then you should believe in, the, in what someone else has said. First, that's in First John chapter 5, verse 9. What I'm saying now is in First John 5, 9. Look at First John 5, 9. If you receive the witness of men, let's read a lighter version. They don't understand. If we take the witness of men to be true, eh, or the testimony of men, the word witness is actually testimony. I don't know if you have any verse that can say testimony or any other thing apart from witness. You, maybe I think I would do verse witness. That's what I'm talking about. It's, uh-huh. We believe in human testimony. Don't we believe in human testimony? You think your mother is your mother, you'll be surprised that your mother is not your mother. I've seen it happening. I've seen it happening. I've seen it happening. I mean, you think your father is your father because you look like him. You'll be surprised that he's not your father. One of our ladies was going to be taken abroad by her father. The one she had known to be her father for many years. She was 24 years old. So they, America, so they needed to do paternity tests to confirm. When they did the paternity test, the percentage was 0.0000. Zero point, I mean, she, had, she knew that he, she looked like him. Yes. Oh, brother, is very wild. It's not a small thing. She looked like him, but it was not the father at all. One of our brothers sitting here found out just recently that his father, the one he's calling father all this while, it's not his father. He's right as I'm talking to you. His father that they, he's been calling father for 22 years. It's not his father. He just found out. And they showed him his real father, that this one is your real father. But he has believed all his life that this is my father. Why? He was told. Were you there when you were born? Were you there when you were born? It's a question. Were you there when you were born? You were there, but mentally speaking, you weren't there. Because couldn't, you didn't know who was standing. You don't know the which next door to go. You don't know anything. You were told everything you are today is as a result of what you have been told. You, and you believe it. You went to university. We have paid school fees, whatever. And they give us a paper with something written on it. Telling you that now you are capable. You are correct. They told you now you are capable and correct. When you, when you employ them, we'll get to know whether you are capable or correct or not. When you employ them, we'll know your true colors. Whether you can show up <laughs> at work and do, when they give you the assignments. Eh? Show working. Let's see whether you, what they've said to you in the university. Let's see whether it is really true. So he says, we believe in human testimony and we do. Medical school, all, everything we are doing, doctors, everything. It's because of what others have written and said. They said that their heart is here. That is why a doctor, a surgeon, eh, a cardiac surgeon, can, dis- can, can go into the body, go and locate the problem, cast the problem out, 
and stitch everything back and you come back to life. Why? Because of what has been told them over the period by people who have had experiences along that line. You don't say I have no experiences so I will not believe. What are you talking about? What is seeing is believing? What are you talking about? Seeing is not believing. Hearing is believing. What you have been told is what you believe. Please, let's be serious about it. Seeing is believing. My friend, you don't, you've not thought about it much. We believe in human testimony, but God God also has a testimony. He says that human beings have testimonies. God also has testimony. Everything. Human, human beings said that trouser is, is, is a comfortable something. Just some years ago, they were, every guy was wearing skirts. Everybody was wearing skirts. Oh? You were wearing skirts. Well, everybody's wear long robe and then you are inside. Yeah, that was it. As time went on, human beings said, oh, Charlie, now let's divide it. Let's do this. Let's. Actually, the trousers should be worn by the ladies. Actually, we can wear skirts. It will be fine. The women are the ones who wear trousers. It's now a major problem in churches. Women in trousers. Please, let's be serious. Yeah, because ladies can wear the trousers and open their legs without any problem. Their ties will be covered. Everything will be fine. We will not have a problem. When they wear skirts, they do this and you can't see anything. God has a testimony, and God and God's testimony is much stronger. God's testimony is what? Much stronger. And he has given his testimony about his own son. He has a son, and he says, I'm speaking concerning my son. This is what I'm saying, that this one is my son. I said it to some people to hear it. Do you see? God has given testimony that this is my son. Why won't you believe him? If the phone, phone guy, the iPhone says that the phone is water resistant, you believe him. You enter the water with the phone. Isn't it? You enter the water of the phone. Why? Because someone in California says that, hey, this one, it can enter phone. Someone entered, it can enter water. Someone entered the water with the phone. Right, the phone just went off. <laughs> she was deceived. I tell you. So it's not a small thing. Testimony of your life. It happened to you. Eh? They said it's water resistant. When you entered the water, you realize that everything is spot. Yeah. Wow. So God also has a testimony. What do you think? God says me to have something that I'm saying. I'm saying something about somebody. I say that this one is my son. What is your problem? Your father says you are his son. Nobody's challenging your father and saying, hey, my friend, let's be serious. You don't, this is not your son. God says this is my son. Ooh. And he said it for some people too. I just showed you one. Peter heard it. And Peter said that, listen, I actually heard it all. Then Peter said that, apart from hearing it, actually what has been written about him is more important than what I even heard. Yeah, Peter said, that's in, that was what we were reading in Second Peter chapter, chapter 1. He said, I, I, I saw something, I heard something, I, I was an eyewitness of his glory and all of that. Verse 17. For God the Father gave him honor and glory when such a voice came to him out of the great glory, saying, this is my dearly beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Verse 18. And this voice came from heaven even to our ears when we were with him in the holy mountain. And so the words of the prophets are made more certain. So the words of the prophets is more certain. The prophets spoke about these things and then we also saw it. And it is well for you to give attention to them as to a light shining in a dark place. So the dawn comes and the morning star is seen in your heart. So Peter is saying that what has been documented is more important than what I even experienced. Why? Because everything, every human, as, every aspect of human life is, is developed as a result of documentations. 
things that have been written. Curriculums are developed by virtue of documentations over, for instance, a course cannot be taught because there's not a lot of documents concerning that particular thing. You get it? You are learning a course in school because there's a lot of documents concerning it given by people who have gone ahead of you. No matter how big you are, how smart you are, you must always remember that some people came before you and they got to know some things before you and they've written some things that you have come to come and meet that you must go on. You can't say that I, I won't use the phone. I want to rediscover the telephone. Hmm? Do you know how big the machine, the telephone was some years ago? Do you know how big it was? Huge. If you, I don't know if you can give us the first telephone that was made. Or even first TV. You'll be shocked. Yeah. You can find it and put it up. First computer. Huh? First computer is nicer. It's a whole room. Yeah. You can't come into this world and say that I don't like the computers that they have made now. I am going to rediscover. <laughs> rediscover. Rediscover television. So that I can have a name. Brother, it is too late. It has been discovered already. Just stand on the shoulders of the one who has discovered it. And rather make it smaller or make it nicer or make it, you know, more interactive. Something. Just develop other aspects, not the technology. There's nothing you understand. Brothers and sisters, what do you think about what I'm saying? So God has also given a testimony about his son. You just continue what has been done, basically. So don't say the Bible was written by men. Who should have, who should have written it? Who shouldn't AI should have written it? Who should have written it? Who's, who did the AI? By the grace of God, I visited the, the American, American Museum of Smithsonian eh? yeah. in, in Washington, D.C., and they have the first of these things. First telephone. Because most of these things were in America. First, first this one. First this, first this, first this. All the whatever. Even the, they have the labs of the people. The whole lab. They've taken the lab from the person's house and brought it there. Yeah, you have everything there. You see everything. And you see how far human beings have come by referral. Looking at what someone has done and then continuing. Referral. That's how it is. Including why you doubt it. Because your whole mental yeah. frame is because of what somebody has said. You don't think the way you think because you're original. It's because of what you heard. Your area, your school, including how you think. Yeah. Amazing. So let's be serious. Let's be serious. Let's be serious. Let me finish in First uh, John 5 once again. We, live, we believe human testimony, but God's testimony is much stronger. And he has given his testimony about his son. Verse 10. So, those who believe in the son of God have this testimony in their own heart. But those who do not believe God have made him a liar. Have made a liar of him because they have not believed what God has said about his son. Have you seen it? Next verse. Verse 11. The testimony is this. This is what God has said. God has given us eternal life. And this life has its source in his son. Next verse. Whoever has a son has this life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. So God says, I have a son and he has life. If you have the son, you have that life. And hence you are also my son. Are you seeing it? Yeah. So God has a testimony. Tell you about God has a testimony. Mm. And you better believe what God has said. 
Not what man has said. Man keeps failing. You think the guy who did that computer didn't think that that was it? He thought that was this is it. I'm sure you'll be turning in his grave to know what we are doing today with his computers. You'll be shocked when it comes to say he can't think about it because the brain was not developed to know what we know now. Oh yes, we have to teach him how to use the new computers. He has to be schooled seriously for five years before he will know. Yeah, it's very well. I saw the first uh, game, computer game. Yes, first computer game. (laughs) It's amazing. If you see what the pad and what they used to play it, you see, I'll never play this game. (laughs) Yeah, yes, very well. So we we develop by virtue of what others have said, okay? All right, so develop by listening to what God has said. You want to know about your life? You want to know about the world? You you better listen to the one who made it. Who's the one who made it? God. Has he showed himself emphatically? Yes. In many ways, in many forms. So let you know that he's, he's around. He made this, he did that, he did that. Amen. Yes. Thank you so much for the opportunity, sir. Um, I want to ask, you see the way uh, we do everything here, every pastor. When you are preaching, you you just quote the, the scriptures and like... It just flows. So me, I'm not a shepherd. I'm just a beginner. So I want to ask. <laughs> okay, I want to ask. Do you have a, any special gifts for that? Or because, like, I, I did try. Like, it, it's it's not fine. <laughs> yes, like. I don't know if uh, we have any special grace for that because I tried that maybe uh, listening to five minutes with uh, you and then I take. (laughs) 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 Then uh, I take a scripture, I want to meditate, but I go and come back and I realize that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Hallelujah. Do Do you understand that question? Is it a gift to remember scriptures? If they try, I know they work. Okay, so the gift side, and then there's the study side. Okay, it's just like going to school for any other thing. If I should ask you a question concerning your course, the probability of you seeing what, something you've learned, you love, you've, you've been, I mean, you'll be able to say something about it, isn't it? Huh. So actually, actually, what happens is that you, see, you should have started early. By God's grace, I got the opportunity to start early. You see, as at page 10 and all of that, I mean, one of the things we're doing, scripture memorization, this one, uh, I got the opportunity, draw your sword, do this. That's why you must make sure your children are in Sunday school. I didn't know I was going to be a pastor, but I was just, I mean, we're made to learn the word of God, learn the Bible. As at 12, we're memorizing the whole, the whole book of Ruth, the whole book of... I mean, all those, those things. You get it? And that is what is biblical. That is what is scriptural. In a typical Jew's life, when a Jew turns... Is it six years old? Six. But Sefer, but Talmud, but what? But Midrash. They are different. You, you are to study a six-year-old between six and 12 must know Genesis 1 to Deuteronomy of head. Recite it. Everything word by word for word. So I actually, I'm not good enough. I'm actually very bad. What you are seeing is very, very bad. A typical Jew. 
okay, who is taught in the things of God must learn. Eh? This was Second Timothy three eight fifteen, and that from a child that has known the holy scriptures. This Paul's writing to Timothy says that from a child. That's what they start from a child. So you know, you get to know some things. Okay, that's Beth Medrash, right? Then there's Beth Talmud, which is from uh, twelve to fifteen. Midrash Talmud is six six to twelve, right? Beth Sefa is what six to twelve. Then Beth Midrash is. 12 to 15. That's uh, from um, Joshua, book of Joshua. But Midrash is what? The Torah. By the time the person is 20, I think 20, you are, you are 20, you are, you are a master of the thing. And then by 30, you can become a rabbi. So Jesus became a, a, a rabbi at age 30, but he didn't go through. So they were shocked at his teachings. So they said that, how come this guy knows so much, having not learned, having never learned? He, he hadn't gone through the system, but he knew everything because he wrote it. He, he's, he was the author, just to prove that he's the author. And at age 12, they were shocked at his intelligence and at how much he knew. The doctors of the law were surprised at his, 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 it was very high. So starting early helps, okay? John seven fifteen and the Jews marvel saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? They never learned, but he knew it. Okay, so there's the there's a learning aspect, okay, like just basically listening. Welcome to God's family. Take it seriously. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse six. You see, as I'm saying, Deuteronomy chapter six, verse six. This one is this, this, this. I've seen these things so many times at different times. Okay. So I can easily refer to, oh, let's go here, let's go there, let's go here, let's go there, let's go here, let's go there. One day I was preaching, and I didn't know someone was taking note of the scriptures I was quoting. And he said after the meeting that I referred to 200 verses. I didn't know that I was referring to 200 verses. 200, yeah, in one message, I didn't know. Especially when the message is a very thick, Reverend George type of message, very thick. Uh, you need to... If you are talking about me, I don't know what you say about Reverend George. <laughs> Look at this. It says, and these words which I, have co- which I commanded this day shall be in your heart. The words I'm telling you shall be in your heart. So you must make sure, like you give it a certain kind of attention. What you don't give attention to does not enter your heart. If you give attention to something, it starts entering your heart. Okay? Yes. I'm always grateful to God for my father, my biological father, because one of the, he gave me a Bible, or rather I took a Bible and he allowed me to take it. <laughs> that really helped me to study and enjoy Bible study. Yes, it was a Scofield, Scofield Study Bible. James Scofield Study Bible. That really helped me. I could remember where the scriptures were and all of that, because as I was reading, the Holy Spirit was helped. So the other side is the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the learning side. The other side is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the chief teacher. I'll come to that. Okay? It says, and these words which I commanded this day shall be in your heart. You must make sure it's in your heart. Next verse. Look at the next verse. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. He's expecting your children to get to know them diligently. In other words, everybody should try. Know it from this point. You go to this point from here. You go to here. There's a way to arrange. I mean, there's an arrangement concerning the scriptures. From Genesis to Revelation, there's an arrangement of it. From here you go here, from here you go here, from here you go here. I mean, so that you know your, 
where, where we have come from. It's something God is expecting you and I to know. Don't be a Christian who is clueless. Do you see? A Christian who is what? Clueless. You don't know what's going on. God wants you to know. That's why the schools are there. So that you get to know. Even concerning salvation. What is it? What, what, what does it mean to be born again? Who is the Holy Spirit? What is redemption? What is justification? What is sanctification? All these words must be understood. If you understand them, you stand at a better opportunity of relating to God well and getting more fruit if you get to know it well. One of the things Jesus said, almost every time he healed someone, okay, on a personal level, was go, thy faith has made thee whole. Your faith has made you whole. There's a scripture in Matthew 9.27. Jesus had two blind men following him. Okay, they were following him, following him, following him, and saying that he should heal them and all of that. He didn't heal anybody. Can you imagine the difficulty of, a, of two blind people, a blind man following, allowing him to follow you throughout town until you get to the house? How can you even get to your house? And when Jesus departed then, two blind men followed him, crying. Look at this. They were crying. Saying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Throughout town, until we got to next verse, verse 28. And when he was coming to his house, into the house, he got to his house. The blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? So it's not a question of whether God can do anything, it's a question of whether you believe whether God can do anything. Do you believe? He, he, he didn't think they believed. That was why he didn't mind them. So sometimes we are crying on God and it's like, God is not minding us. Why? You don't believe that what you are saying that God should do, he will do. If you read small, you notice that God has done everything that he needs to do. It's up to you and your faith to cash in on it. So the matter concerning faith is very important. Look at it. It says, they, then they said unto him, we believe. Then charge he their eyes, saying, according to, your, according to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith. So it's according to your faith, oh, be it unto you. So the matter concerning faith cannot be downplayed. A lot of Christians don't know about faith, don't think about it, don't want to know how it works, don't, are not interested. And they are wondering why things are not happening for them. It's not your tears. These guys were, were crying throughout town, blind, crying on him. Have mercy on us. It's not about that. According to your faith, be it unto you. So what is this faith thing? Taking time to learn about faith. Reading a book or two about faith. Listening to a message or two about faith. Do you see? And getting into it, letting it seep into your heart will help you greatly. Whosoever coming to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of all them who diligently seek him. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. You see, I've preached Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, I can quote it by the grace of God. So that is, that is there. And then there's the gift aspect. Okay? So please, try. As a Christian, no, no matter how, you, how late it is that you got into the kingdom, don't worry. God called Abraham his friend because Abraham gave God his heart and decided to follow the Lord. And Abraham was, Abraham was actually 60 years when the Lord called him. He was 65 and responded at 75. But 75 by 100, what, he, what God wanted to do in his life had been done. So it's not too late. 
Abraham was a young man at age 75. So you may be 65 and you are now coming in. Makes no difference. Just a commitment to knowing the Lord on a personal level. You don't need to know many scriptures. My mother has one verse. That's my mother's verse. Romans 8.23. Another verse is, what is written, is written. I challenge her on it that it's not in the Bible. And she said, it's in the Bible. I was looking for it. What is written, is written. I, I, was I said, says I couldn't find it. Then one day I was, read, I was reading Matthew. And Pilate was told by the Pharisees and the rulers of the synagogue to remove this is the king of the Jews from there. And rather right, he said he was a king of the Jews. And Pilate said, what is, what is written? It's written. <laughs> what I have written, I have written. I said, hey, it's true, it's a verse. So you don't need to know many verses. All you need to know, just one or two, depending on your age. Rather, John 19, Pilate, Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Do you see? And she explains it like this. What God has written about me, he has written about me. I tell you. <laughs> what God has written about me, he has written about me. It's going to come to pass. Yeah, I mean, and she's functioning. It's blessing her. Do you see? Uh-huh. So it's not the multiplicity of the knowledge, but the intensity, your heart being in it. God expects you to learn. Hebrews chapter, you see, this one quoting like this. It's something I've been using it, reading it, this one, this one, every now and then you go and look at it here and there. So you end up remembering. Do you see? Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For when for the time you ought to be teachers. So God expects you to be, get to a place where you start teaching others the word of God. What you teach, you get to know. If you, if you teach something for a while, you get to, you'll be surprised. It's, what, it's one of the reasons you chose to be a pastor. So that you can, you can, you can understand the word of God for yourself. Do you see? Uh-huh. So as you keep teaching it, you see that you start remembering. It becomes easy for the Holy Spirit to now remind you. Because the Holy Spirit has a reminding ministry. There's a reminding ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is found in John chapter 15, verse 26. So before I took the microphone to ask for the questions, I whispered to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, answer all the questions. Thank you. That is how I function. I ask him to do. And no matter what question you ask, you will see that the Holy Spirit will give you an answer. It's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit will tap into what I have read, or what I have seen, or what I have heard from somewhere as a reference. So it can come at any, I mean, just, just flows like that. All I need to do is to present myself to him by asking him. I, I, it's called ask the author. I'm not the author of the word. The Holy Spirit is the author of the word. So the, the, the whole segment is called ask the author. The Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit. I'm just a vessel. So his job is to remind me. Hmm? But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So it is what God has said to you that he will remind you of. So what you have read, and then he will remind you. The Holy Spirit's job is to remind you of it. He shall teach you. He has a teaching ministry and a reminding ministry. So I depend on the Holy Spirit heavily to remind me of scriptures. That I may have seen. I may have seen it in a glance. When I see it in a glance, he will remind me that, oh, it's Jeremiah. 
you actually read it in Jeremiah 17. So I can say, Jeremiah 17, this is this, and then they'll check, and then it's like, hey, it's a verse, and then we'll continue. You get it. Hmm. Learning to ask the Holy Spirit for help is very important. Ask him to remind you of things. Okay, if you are into forgetting things, ask the Holy Spirit to remind you. You'll be shocked. Yeah. I can have a conversation with you five years. Maybe I had a conversation with you five years ago. If I meet you five years later, I'll continue from where we stopped, and you'll be shocked. Every detail, remember. Yeah. By the grace of God, we have thousands of people in our church. And anybody who has spoken to me about any matter, I remember. By the grace of God. I can go to Ho. We have a beautiful church in Ho. And I can have conversations with people. You think I'm, I'm there with them every day. When we finish a meeting, ah, so this one, what is happening? What is this? Ah, you two, what about this one? This is, I'll just be remembering, flowing, because I depend heavily on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Right now, the Holy Spirit is reminding me of 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 and verse 27. So let's look at it. 1 John 2, 20. So as I'm talking, I'm talking and hearing at the same time. I'm talking and using this one at the same time. I'm just hearing. When I hear and then I say, when I hear, I say, when I hear. Basically, you see that your life is very easy. Yeah. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth and is no lie, even, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. So there's an anointing for teaching, to remind you, to teach, to help you. And the anointing is the Holy Spirit. 20, go to 20 now. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. So there's an anointing that makes you know all things. And that anointing is actually the anointing of the Holy Spirit, who teaches you. Okay, John chapter um, chapter sixteen, verse twelve. Look at John sixteen twelve. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. But howbeit, when He, the Holy Spirit, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. So the Holy Spirit speaks to you concerning various things of your life. So he just reminds you. So you just learn to depend on the Holy Spirit. How do, you, how do you depend on someone? How do we know that you depend on someone? You depend on the person by asking. The only way we know that you depend on somebody is by how much you ask the person for help. You don't think the help, you ask for the help. If I'm here and I need you to maybe take my handkerchief from the, from the pulpit and I'm like this. Is it going to work? You will not know what I'm talking about, doesn't it? You think I'm just smiling to you. Oh, how are you? Basically. But maybe I need you to go and get me something. You can be having a pressing need and you'll be thinking the need. You are thinking. Ah, this is your thoughts. I wish money would come to me. I wish I had 5,000. Wow, yeah. You are thinking. If you learn to voice it, to the Holy Spirit by saying, Holy Spirit, I need 5,000. It will really help the church to grow, to bring church growth in my life, in my personal life. I'm the church. To bring church, to increase, to bring a lot of change. If you will say it, you will see that it will start, he, he will start helping you with your finances. The problem is that we don't see. We think it, we don't see it. And God says, ask. He didn't say think. God said, ask. Ask and it shall be given. It shall be given. Ask and receive. Hmm? Hello? Tell the but stop thinking it. 
Start, start asking for it. Audibly, audibly. I put a message in our church in Hohoi just last week. And I spoke about the ministry of the Holy Spirit to make you a success. And I spoke about asking, learning to ask the Holy Spirit for the smallest of things. Mm. Go and listen to it to help you. For the smallest of things. Have you ever asked the Holy Spirit to make you rich? Maybe you have never asked, you've been thinking. Ask the dear Holy Spirit, make me rich. You'll be shocked. It will start you on a journey of riches. You can't pray. What do you do? Holy Spirit, help me to pray. Say it or if you think it, it won't work. If you think it, it will never work. But when you ask, that's how that's how I function. When I wake up, you think you are the only one who doesn't feel like praying. Number one. I'm number one. I'm number one. I don't feel like praying. Because prayer is not feeling, it's more than feeling. I don't feel like it at all. So when I dear Holy Spirit, help me to pray. Ah, you see that it's like all of a sudden I have a it's my condom pipe. Mazamada. And then you start enjoying it. When you, when you learn, you start asking those to help you enjoy spiritual things. Help me enjoy reading my Bible. Make my Bible reading exciting. You'll be shocked. You have a testimony. Say it, brother, sister. Say it, sister. Say it, baby. Hallelujah. I think I've shared it with my student before. When I was doing my thesis, because of the pandemic, so I was in Ghana, my supervisors were not here. And the software that I was using, nobody was also teaching me how to do it. And I got stuck at some point. And I just said, Holy Spirit, help me understand this thing. So I woke up at 2 a.m. and I said that. And I started reading. Uh, as at 5 p.m. in the evening, I got my answer and I was able to do everything. Just by the mere fact that I asked the And Holy she came Spirit. out as... The best, eh? Yes, please. The best. Yeah. With awards, so they awarded national, is it national award, something like that. Yeah, she was awarded nationally. Newspaper, a newspaper, front page, like this person is something, something. I don't know what this uh, this person is something. something. Yeah, by just asking the Holy Spirit, you are learning, you are learning, you are just, you are, bubra, you are doing bubra. Chief <laughs> Abos. Hey, I tell you, it's like the guy who is pounding the chopper fufu. Whether he's into it or not, he's the one going to pound the vuvu. And he's pulling. <gasps> You're just suffering for nothing. Start asking for help. Dear Holy Spirit, help me. And amazing, the name of the Holy Spirit is helper. That's the job, helper. But if you don't ask, we don't know. You're my helper, I'm just thinking. I'll say that sometimes when they ask for the help, it's like they should just have a eureka moment. Oh, they've seen it. You don't want to put in the effort, but when you ask that and you are diligent, you start studying, you are opening the books, you, you just realize that you are getting something. You remind you of yes. things that you have been taught. Not, not go here, go here, and sky. all those things. They are special. Someone gave a testimony uh, last week. Okay, This lady was, I don't know if she's here, she was writing an exam and she didn't know what to write. There was nothing that she knew. And then she asked for help. She said, The God of Pastor <laughs> let's give me something to write. And she got something to write, and when she came out of the exam, all that she wrote was right. Was correct. It's not me, I was not there. It's the Lord. Do you see? But if she tries to use that again, uh, I, you, you, go, you, are, you are not learning, and you enter the, what, the, 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 what, the exam, or the God of Pastorty. Helping right. You may be surprised that a paper, a, a hand will come up and slap you. 
You are you are joking. The God of Pastelli. The God of Pastelli will fire. <laughs> try the I tried the God of Pastelli. Let me try the God of Pastelli now. No, it doesn't work. I have no idea what I said you have to god made daniel shadrach meshach and abednego 10 times better in abadania made in scale in knowledge in all those things they were learning and they had more yes you don't ask for help and sit down you ask for help and you start moving okay he's your helper not the doer what you are doing is what you help you in oh please get it right okay you are the doer of the word do it as you are doing you don't ask for help and be sitting down. You are not reading. Hey, be careful. And then, yes, sweetheart. Thank you. Um, I want to ask, so the Bible teaches us to respect our parents, obey them, follow their lead. And also, we are supposed to um, walk in the way of God and then read the Bible, literally that. And then you have a parent or a guardian who restricts you from actually following the word. So in this situation, what do you do? Do you Matthew chapter ten? <laughs> Thank you. Verse thirty-four. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. This is Jesus talking. If it's a good Bible to be read, it's Jesus. Next verse. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. These are the most sensitive of all relationships in the world. Next verse. And a man's foes or enemy shall be they of his own household. Verse 37. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or mother or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. 38. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. So that's the answer. Don't love your father more than God. Don't love your mother more than God. Your mother may be saying something that is not in line with what God is telling you to do scripturally. One owns your life. One is a steward. Parents are stewards. If you don't understand that as a parent, you become a bad parent. Yes. You become a bad parent. And you think that you own them. You don't. Nobody owns anybody. We are all for God. God gives your. I'll, I'll answer. I'll let you. I'll let you ask a question. Okay. God gives you um, parents to raise you, uh-huh. but they are just. We are all stewards. I'm steward of my children. Of my children, not their creator, not their their source. Okay. So God over parents, but honor your parents in the process of God over parents. Not in their face. Do you get it? <laughs> your, your head like something. I'm not minding you again. God says I should do this. Brother sister, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. It doesn't work like that. So the Anna must be there, but then there must be a line drawn that this I'm doing what God wants me to do. Yeah. But Anna in the process. You Anna in the process. Okay? You honor in the process because it's a very dangerous. Well, question you ask is actually very, very sensitive. There's a there's a type of it in the Bible. Jonathan and his father Saul. Jonathan knew the will of God. Jonathan knew that David will be king and he will be by his side. He knew it. But his fa- and he knew that that was a word of God. That was a will of God. 
but he chose his father over David. And the day his father died, he also died. Actually, all the curses that were rained upon Saul and his problems, Jonathan had nothing to do with it because of his covenant with David. That is why his son, Mephibosheth, was elevated. Even though all of Saul's children, all of Saul's descendants died, Mephibosheth was spared because of the covenant that David had with Jonathan. So what God tells you to do is more important. And you must learn to follow what God says. Or else you can, you can die eh? and not do what God says you should do. Okay? These are all verses. Very, very sensitive. Jo- Jonathan shouldn't have died. Jonathan should have been the Joab of David. Not Joab. So the one who took over Jonathan, for, over Jonathan became a problem. Major problem. Caused many problems in the kingdom. Because he's not the original. The original was there. That was Jonathan. But he couldn't. He followed his father. Natural father. And died. Instead of following the will of God. So he's very sensitive. Huh. But like I said, even as you're doing it, you must, you must always honor. You have to honor. All the time. Okay? Honor all the time. The Bible says to honor. Honor does not mean eh, not following God. Honoring your parents does not mean that you, should, you shouldn't follow God. Like you're honoring them to the point that you're not following God. Mark chapter 10 verse 29. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that has left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake, and the gospels. Next verse. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time, houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come eternal life. It's like he's expecting you to choose him over mother, father, land, children, wife, all those things. Please, you understand. Yeah. So, just in case your parents have preached against Jesus Christ, go to Jesus' house. He's expecting you to choose his side and not choose your parents' side. Honor them, but choose his side. Wow. It's wild, isn't it? That's it. All right, so um, I was going to hold on from asking my question, but then what she asked is basically directed in what I was trying to ask you, and it's about interpretation, okay? Um, Typically, what I see happen, based on my reading of the Bible, I realize that um, usually I feel or I think that a a lot is lost in interpretation, okay? Like, you can reference when Jesus said he was going to um, destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. His disciples thought it was the actual temple when he was actually talking about he himself. Okay, and so now it makes me quite skeptical as to how to um, accept the books, sorry, the books that... The, the, the disciples, these said disciples wrote because now it's how do I know that a law has not been lost to interpretation? Is the question clear? Yeah, it's very clear. Do you get it? How do I know if I'm interpreting it right 
or if they even interpreted it right, or if they said the right thing. Now, you must understand the fact that God is involved in the documentation of the, the, the things we have, okay, as scripture. You must always remember that, that God is involved. Okay. You must always understand the place of the Holy Spirit in the document, documentation of the, of the word. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, says that all scripture is God-breathed. Okay, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God or the breathing out, or the out-breathings of God. The people were just instruments that God used. Okay, so I mentioned a scripture in Hebrews chapter, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners speak in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. So they knew that God spoke to them through the prophets. Now, these prophets and fathers were people that God chose. And you should allow God to be able to choose. Just as you choose who will be your friend, or you choose who you give some information to. I mean, we have different types of friends. There are people you don't share some things with, and there are people you share some things with. So God also chose some people and gave the opportunity to hear from him and document what he had said so that we can receive scripture. Do you get it? So there's the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the documentation of the, of the Bible. Understanding it without the Holy Spirit does not work. It doesn't work. And as trying to understand the scriptures without the one who documents or the one who inspired it does not work. He says, God who at sundry times, go back to 2 Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Then it goes on and on and on. Now, there's another one in Second Peter chapter 1. We, just, we, read, we read 15, 16, 17 today. Let's read from a 17. Okay. Re, let's read from a 18. Go to 18, first of all. It's what I want to say is about 20. But this, and this voice which came from heaven we heard when we, we were with him in the holy mount. Verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, which is the, which is the Bible. It says we have also... Let's read the one we're reading. It was a GNT. You are reading GNT, yeah. We ourselves heard his voice coming, blah, blah, verse 19. So we are even more confident of the message proclaimed by the prophets. We are more confident of the message that was proclaimed by the prophets. Then it says, you do well to pay attention to it. Because it is like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the light of the morning star shines in your heart. Verse 20. Then it says, above all else, however... Remember that none of us can explain by ourselves a prophecy in the scriptures. You can't. It's not, it's not possible. None of us can explain by ourselves a prophecy in the scriptures. Next, verse 21. For no prophetic message ever came just from the human will. Almost, always understand this. They didn't come from the human will. But people were under the control of the Holy Spirit as they spoke the message that came from God. People were under the control, they were under the influence of the Holy Spirit as they spoke. So understanding it without the Holy Spirit does not work. You confuse yourself. You will say the Bible is contradicting each other. You see. But with the ministry of the Holy Spirit, you will get to understand it well. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. He says, we have not received... Let's read lighter versions. It's, it's so that we can understand it well. Sometimes the King James 
English is not so good. We have not received this world spirit. Instead, instead, we have received the spirit sent by God. Okay? We have received what? The spirit sent by God so that we may know all that God has given us. Verse 13. So then we do not speak in words taught by human wisdom. It's Paul talking. Now, Paul's, Paul's writings was considered scriptures by his colleague, his contemporary, Peter. Peter. Letters, even the letters. The le- the, especially the letters. Was considered scripture by Peter. Peter mentions it. We're just reading. It's in the same verses. Second Peter. Three. Say it. Second Peter three. Hallelujah. Yeah. Just to put it in better perspective, the first thing is that it's not the disciples that even mentioned that um, your reference is John two. We can look at that to see it's not the disciples that were even saying that they didn't know they they, they thought it was a physical time, it was the Jews that thought so. Also the second thing you also need to recognize is that it is John that wrote and said that this is you you wouldn't have known that they had they were they had even missed a thing if it wasn't written. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. Let me start with the first one, John chapter two. Just so that you know who said what. Okay, John two uh, 18. Yeah, the Jewish authorities came back at him with a question. What miracle can you perform to show us that you have the right to do this? Jesus answered, Tear this temple, and in three days I will build it again. Next, day. is this your reference? This one, yes. yes. Are you going to build it again in three days? They asked him. These are the Jews responding. It has taken 46 years to build this temple. Next verse. But the temple Jesus was referring, was speaking about, was his body. Next verse. So when he was raised from death, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the script, the scripture, and what Jesus had said. So they didn't think that he was making a wrong statement. They were there when it was said. They remembered what he had said when he had died and resurrected, and realized that he actually spoke about his body. But they hadn't made any comment about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your question was that they made a comment and said that the body was. I think there's an account, I've read an account that said, they didn't understand it there when he said he was going to tear down the temple and then uh, do it, raise it in three days, but it was after he had risen, like this verse is saying, that they understood. That he understood. Yes. yes. So, but that doesn't change, that doesn't mean that they said that it was... Uh, they are just telling you what happened. What like, I didn't understand when he said it, but later on they got I to understand. understood it. Yeah. Do you understand? Which is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, actually. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. There were things that Jesus said clearly. They didn't understand. When Jesus was talking about his death, okay, Luke chapter 18, verse 34. Luke 18. You'll be surprised. Go up. Go up to, let's read, maybe 32. Uh huh. Jesus took the 12 disciples aside, 31, and said to them, Listen. We are going to Jerusalem where everything the prophets wrote about me, the son of, about the son of man, will come true. He will be handed, now he's going to spell out exactly what is going to happen. He will be handed over to the Gentiles who will have fun of him, insult him, and spit on him. They will whip him and kill him. But three days later, he will rise to life. But the disciples did not understand any of these things. Why? The meaning of the words was hidden from them and they did, not, they did not know what Jesus was talking about. So it was hidden from them by the Spirit. When Jesus left, the Holy Spirit opened the understanding to, to see and remember what was said. 
So the, the point is that without the Holy Spirit, you will not, you can't, you can't appreciate anything. Yes, but you cannot. Yes, I have many things to say. Right? John sixteen twelve. Yeah. John sixteen twelve. Jesus was speaking again to the disciples. He was saying quite a number of things. Then he tells them that I have much more to tell you, but now it will be too much for you to bear. The next verse. Then he continued, when however the spirit comes, he will reveal the truth about God. He will lead you into all the truth. He will not speak of, on his own authority, but he will speak of what he hears and will tell you of things to come. So like that is mentioning, like Bishop is explaining, is the, is the, the Holy Spirit that teaches you. He, we already quoted that John chapter 14 verse 26. Talking about how that he has a teaching ministry he has a, a ministry to bring things to your remembrance in john chapter 16 he has a ministry of um guiding you into all truth he has a ministry of showing you things to come there are four very distinct things that jesus spoke about the holy spirit and what he is going to do for you because there are many things that you as it's happening you don't understand that's why you are you are led by the spirit of god it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, the same are the sons of God. So we, res- we, are, we are able to know him by the Spirit. We have access by the Spirit unto the Father. I hope you are getting it. So the, and it is even good that the, Holy, the disciples did not understand certain things. It means that just like them, if you don't understand certain things, the Holy Spirit who guided them later on to understand also can also guide you to understand. Do you follow what I'm saying? That's that. That is why, thank you very much. That is why God didn't um, leave us with a sign in heaven to know that he's God. He gave us the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one to help us understand. And when he explains things to you, it calms your, it calms your heart. Yes, he just gives you perfect understanding of things. And that's his ministry. That's what I was going to show you in First Corinthians 2. Comparing spiritual with spiritual. The word of God, spiritual. You must compare it with the Holy The Holy Spirit must compare it with you to confirm it for you. That's, that's how it works. Okay? Yes. Yes. This scripture. You must understand this. This is 2 Peter 1, 20. TPT. You must understand this at the outset. Interpretation of scriptural prophecy requires the Holy Spirit, for it does not originate from someone's own imagination. So when you pick your Bible and you open it, dear Holy Spirit, help me understand. Help me bring things to my understanding. He's called the spirit of revelation. He gives you revelation in the knowledge of God. Without him, you cannot understand the knowledge of God, which is the word. Okay? So it's, it's not... That's why people go to Bible school and come out and don't believe in Jesus Christ. They go to Bible school and they don't believe in Jesus Christ at all. Oh, there are many theologians who don't believe in Jesus at all. Because they didn't do it by the spirit. They did it on their own. Mommy. Mine is just a follow-up okay. to my daughter's question. Yeah. My parents um, not letting their children follow Christ. What if the parent is also asking the child to follow Christ and he's resisting? Wow. The other way around. Yeah, the other way around. Amazing. What a blessing. You know, we are stewards of children. The Bible says to train them in the way of the Lord. And when he's older, he will not depart from it. Our job is to show the way. If they choose not to, it's, it's a choice that they make. 
and you can't do much about it. You may not be able to compel the child or force. You can force a child until he gets to the age of maturity, and he will still go the way he wants to go. So it's a it's a it's a thing of trusting God and praying. It's just it's just trusting God and praying, and affirm God has said is because you believe that you have given birth to a godly seed. This I was talking about a godly seed. In Malachi chapter two, it talks about the marriage the marriage between two believers or two people who who are in covenant with God, issuing a godly seed. Malachi two fourteen. Yet he say, wherefore. Because the Lord has been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. Verse 15. And did not he make one, yet have the residue of the Spirit? And wherefore one, that he might seek a godly seed? He says he made them one, so that he can seek a godly seed. So when a child comes out of, a, of, a, of Christian's marriage, they are actually godly seed that is for God. So our job is to dedicate them to God and train them the way God wants them to be trained and leave the rest to them because after all is said and done, they have to make their personal choice. So if the child doesn't want to go the way God wants him to go, it's up to him. I will stand before the Lord and give account. He will also stand before the Lord and give account. But when he stands before the Lord to give account, there must, never, there must not be any place where I didn't do what I was supposed to do for him. I did what I was supposed to do for him. But he didn't, he didn't go the right way. So that's that's it. Yeah, you can't force them. I saw that one. Yes, you can't force them. But as long as they're under your roof, every cat, dog, mouse in my house is going to church. We are all going to church. <laughs> as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So everybody in my house is seven. If you go and you don't serve the Lord, it's up to you. For I know Abraham, he will command his children. Yeah. Genesis 18. Yes. Command the children. You can you can say something if you need to. Yeah. Hallelujah. Just like Daddy is uh, mentioning, in terms of um, if if you're a parent and you have your children, you must create an environment to make sure that they have they have the right environment to grow in the Lord. You know, um, I think some people are instead of trying to grow a person in the Lord, they are trying to force it to happen. That's what sometimes also happens. So they are not given the opportunity to grow. And some people don't have, they don't, they trust their, they feel that their um, oversight or they, they can make the person. Like Daddy mentioned, the trust part. Trusting that, trusting, committing them to God. You see, if you really um, want to grow your children, you have to commit them to the Lord. And if you are the steward, it means that I have somebody who has given them to me. I have to talk to the person who gave them to me what to do with this one. Because, you see, there are different um, types of, let's say, iPhone or which, whichever gadget. But there are different ways of handling them. You can't use one for all. Because they are, people are different. Even as a pastor, as you're pastoring people, realize that people are very different. You can find people in the same area, but they behave all differently. And you must know, you must trust the Holy Ghost to know how to communicate to make the kind of impact you're looking for. I get what I'm saying. So it's, it's a trust in God. But when they are under you in terms of their children and all that, he says you must train the child in the way he should go. So they must know the word of God one way or the other. When they grow, Bible says that when they grow from, they grow up, they will not depart from it because it's part of them, the way they think now. So even if they decide they've gone somewhere and they've gone up, they will re- always have that, that, that um, investment in them by the Holy Spirit to guide them back that no, you're actually off. You need to come to this, this line. In Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. Have you been blessed? Wow, it's an exciting time, isn't it? Yeah. So many. I know you still have so many questions, but we can't answer them now. I'm sure God will give us another opportunity as time goes on for us to be able to hear these things. Now, one of the things I'll tell you to do is to listen to, when you go on the podcast, listen to, ask the author. If you see, ask the author, ask the author, ask the author, ask, listen to all of them. You have a better understanding of scriptures. Because sometimes one question that is asked comes with a lot of sides of understanding that um, will help you. Okay? God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God